0: Ooh. Mm-hmm.
1: Siddhi has been attained thus Padmasambhava declares O thou who art encircled with an entourage of darkenies following thy example will I work, thou must come here to give me thy blessing Guru Padma Siddhi O So the seven line white lotus prayer uh, keeps re- recapitulating uh, Padmasambhava's birth uh, in a lotus flower miraculously from a light ray from the Buddha Amitabha uh, in that wonderful lotus lake in the northwest country of Uddiyana, uh, Ergin uh, miraculously uh, fully formed an eight-year-old Boy, the colour of the purple of seashells, incredibly playful, speaking uh, words of wisdom. This is how uh, Padmasambhava's life story begins. And uh, it forms the basis of many Nyingma Parsadnas. Many of the great uh, Nyingma Parsadnas uh, describe this. uh, The visualisation describes this. You visualise the lake of Dhanakosha, you visualize uh, Padmasambhava and uh, you do the sadhana uh, in that way, in many, many different ways. He's also called not just lotus-born, he's also called lake-born, Vajra, has many names to do with emerging from uh, the lotus lake. And of course, there's an account of this, a very vivid account of this in the life and liberation of Padmasambhava, the Padma Kaitan. Uh, the Testament of, of Padma, uh, which is, uh, you know, a fairly famous text in our movement. And uh, we were talking about it uh, the other day, with particularly with Vidya we were uh, We were talking about it, and I think Paraga was there. And uh, I think it would be really, really good one day if we actually had a retreat, a proper retreat on the life and liberation of Padma Sandhava, and we... There's there's a way you could sort of go through that and make the whole thing a a sadhana. And um, it's I've been thinking about the text a lot over the years because it's quite an extraordinary work. Because you've got this whole backdrop of the the whole transcendental uh, vision of Amitabha. You've got the whole backdrop of of the tremendous sort of uh, um, the, you know in all. Lands throughout the cosmos. There's a Buddha and a guru, a Buddha teaching the sutras, a guru teaching the mantras. You've got the backdrop of this tremendous war between this incredible demon uh, who's fallen away from pure teaching. That's how he's become a demon. He's misunderstood the primordial purity teaching. And so he becomes this terrible demon who enslaves. Uh, the world, he becomes a complete paranoid despot um, named Rudra, Tapa Nagpo, Matarangara, uh, he who devoured his mother. Um, You could get the picture. So that's the sort of backdrop. And then you have this emergence of this pure being, Padmasambhava, who is then adopted, he's ensnared by the world, when he's taken by King Indrabuti, he, has a vi- he sees um, a fowler um, catching a bird with a net, and he knows he's been ensnared. Uh, it's a sort of, um, there's a sort of deep symbolic meaning to it. I think you can read it as the sort of, the sort of falling away from vision, the domestication of, of vision. And the only way he can get out is by misbehaving very badly it's the only way he can get out. It doesn't just go forth. He goes. He's disgraced. Uh, there's a complete finality with his relationship to the world, and the only way he can expiate his sin is through going to cremation grounds. Um, of course, he's delighted because he wants to go to the cremation grounds because he wants to learn all the teachings. But he goes on this tremendous journey throughout a very weird. India, from cremation ground to cremation ground, having all sorts of experiences, having all sorts of teachings, and also, in that journey, meeting all sorts of different people, converting all sorts of countries. And, when you, and then you get all sorts of little diversions in the text. But when you read it, you realise what's going on. He's garnering, he's garnering all sorts of knowledge and insight and siddhi. And accomplishment uh, and it's a weird magical kind of liminal uh, hinterland, this part of the life and liberation. but it's all for a particular purpose. it's for a very specific concrete purpose and that's to go to Tibet where he's invited to go because why? Because the gods of the soil and the waters and the elements are obstructing the building of a monastery and a temple. This is very important. Padmasambhava doesn't convert demons for fun. It is fun, then. But it's because they're obstructing the creation of an environment, you could even say an institution, uh, an environment in which the sangha can gather, can learn, can practice, can worship, can come together, both monks and lay people and yogis, That's why he goes. And the the time in Tibet is highly specific. It's highly concrete. It's like you've moved then from a sort of transcendental plane through a sort of imaginal plane into the annals of history. A strange history, but definitely a history. The Dharma being taught in a specific time, in a specific place, to specific people. Uh, And it doesn't end. The life and liberation is is continually being written. Perhaps we're even a part of it because he goes. It's another story to the southwest. Um, I don't know if any of you. I know some of you are from the southwest. Um, (laughs) To the land of the flesh-eating ogres who are going to take the world over. So um, why am I saying all this? I don't know. I think it would be good one day if we, we did a retreat devoted to the life and liberation of Padmasambhava and really tried to sort of live through it. Um, um, might take some time to do that. But what I wanted to do some, this evening was to give you a little uh, taste um, of the life and liberation of Padmasambhava, And it's a very important part of his training in one of the cremation grounds. And it's where he receives the name Todtrensal. We've been doing that mantra. And there are other teachers who he encounters at this time. So I'm going to read this. Then I'll start us in the Sal mantra. We'll do that. When that fades away, uh, Padmasagra will read the root verses. And to conclude the evening, we're going to do the mantra in a different way. Uh, we're going to do it very, we're going to do each syllable very, very slowly on the out breath. Uh, so just listen to the way I uh, do it and then just join in. It won't, probably won't last too long and it doesn't need to last uh, too, too long. We'll just uh, do the mantra very, very meditatively and then we'll finish for the evening. So uh, make yourselves comfortable and uh, it's a fairly long reading and uh, I'll begin. the sojourn in the cemetery of the mysterious apparitions, where he received the name Todtrensal. Now Padma reached the abode of the Vidyadara who frequents heaven. In the cemetery of sleep, in the mysterious paths of beatitude, he came to the place of the darkani Surya Chandrasidhi the highest of the Dakinis. Padma desired to go before her, as she was also the great Darkani queen of deeds. Finding the door to the castle of the skull closed, he could not attain liberation. So he sent a message through the maidservant Kumari, and when he received no reply, he asked her if she had forgotten. She was carrying a crystal chalice, which she filled with water and Padma said, Let me carry it and put it on the chalice sideboard for you. And the victorious one put the chalice on the sideboard and caused it to stick there. Kumari tried and tried, but she could not get the chalice to move. She removed the carrying cord and went up to the victorious one. With a crystal dagger, she cut open her breast, within which appeared the 42 peaceful deities in her upper part and the 58 herikas in her lower torso, thus vividly displaying the hundred peaceful and wrathful divinities. Then the servant spoke. You also possess the force of the powerful mantras, but what of my miracles, great man? And she bowed and circumambulated him. I ask, he said, for the outer, inner and secret initiations. I am only a servant, she said. Come inside. Upon entering, Padma beheld the Darkani enthroned on the dais of Surya Chandra Siddhi the magical attainment of sun and moon. Adorned with the six solar and lunar ornaments, red in colour, she was flanked by darkars. She wore bone ornaments and held a skull cup and a wooden drum in her hands. Surrounded by 33 maidens, she was performing a feast offering. Padma prostrated himself to the enthroned darkany, circumambulated her, and presented to her a golden wheel with a thousand spokes. And when he begged her for the teachings, outer, inner and secret, there appeared many rainbow lights in the sky, in front of a multitude of gods, of good karma, of noble race. He now asked for the initiation, saying, Before the supreme sages appeared, without yet the name of Buddha, Even the Buddhas of the Thousand Ages depended on the Guru. I aspire to see the majestic and superior lake of glory as revealed in the moon of your face, to see through grace the one who instructs. I do not ask for power from the gods, but I ask this of the teacher. The darkenies spoke. You understand in your request that all the Buddhas are gathered in my heart. She then changed Padma into the syllable hum and swallowed him, thus conferring initiation upon him within the mandala of her body. Empowering him externally as Buddha Amitabha, she gave the blessing to attain the Vidyadara level of long life. Empowering him internally as the noble Avalokiteshvara, she gave him the blessing to attain the Vidyadara level of Mahamudra. Empowering him secretly as glorious Hayagriva, she blessed him to bind all the mamo darkanīs and haughty demon spirits. He was then, with blessings, ejected through her secret lotus and his body, speech and mind were thus purified from mental defilements. Now, in the unsurpassed palace of the Dharmadhatu, a solid structure, a structure formed by a single stroke, the faithful one of the oceans of victory, the Vidyadhara Vajradharma and Vajragarbha, as well as the Vidyadhara Kunjaraja, showed the purple shell of their mouths surrounded by many sons and daughters of deities, by rainbows and the sound of music. They gave Padma the precepts in that very place and conferred on him the corresponding powers. With the power of the Kalyanamitras, those sure supports, he was consecrated as the Nirmana with eight outer forms. With the power of compilations and with the books, which give the doctrines of the dharma, he was consecrated as the Sambhogakaya with the eight inner forms. With the power of full knowledge and with the power of the tutelary divinities, he was consecrated as the Dharmakaya with the eight secret forms. <coughs> with the sovereign power of the Mahamadra completed, he was consecrated as the immovable Vajra with the ten powerful forms. The Lord himself of the five transcendence, the supreme Vajratara, embracing his energy, invested him with the pure void of the vast view. Finally, Padma was invested with the five hidden powers. Power of the reign of jewels, power of the gems of Jambala, power of the treasure of the Brahmins, power of high life, power of the assembled multitudes. Then Padma prophesied, in Burma, in the golden land, in the solitude of a cave, the son of King Kargyal, Sri Singha, is seated. He contemplates all the doctrines in a single, indivisible one. In order to explain, go straight to the depth. This is his rule and people came to Sri Singha and asked for the dharma, which is indivisible and has absolute meaning. Sri Singha pointed with his index finger to the sky. Do not attach yourself. Do not attach yourself to thought. Do not attach yourself either to what does not arise does not arise or to what does arise does arise does arise one arises and frees oneself at the same time one arises and frees oneself at the same time empty empty not empty not empty Strictly empty, without stopping, without stopping, stopped, stopped, with stopping, forever empty, forever empty, strictly empty, strictly empty, without limits, above as below, ever flowing from everywhere, vital, absolute truth. This treasure of Sri Singha lets itself be seen when theory and practice are sufficient and united. Thus he spoke and disappeared into a diamond depth. And the Siddha Padma arrived in the land of Sala, in the great cemetery of the mysterious Apparitions, which has a circumference of three and a half leagues. In the centre is the self-arising Stupa Kapata, dwelling of the great blood-drinking Marmo. In the southwest is the marvellous tree of the tombs, golden security, the fruits of which are eaten by the creatures of the tombs. In the northwest is the water of the tombs, the lake most excellent, which is frequented by many creatures of the tombs, including the daughters of Nagendra and the daughters of Yakshas, who look like cadavers. In the northeast is the funeral fire, cloud of smoke, and in the whirlings of the fire are male and female demons who eat the carcasses of men horses of oxen and still others, and who play countless games. In the southeast is the funeral wind of five origins, and among the wild shadows are dissimilar creatures, without number, none dead, none being born, none aged. In the west, on the mountain of the tombs, descent of titans, live lemurs of many kinds, without poverty, possessing treasures of miraculous gems. In the north, there is only one form, the goddess Sahadara, yellow in colour, wearing a wild fur, tearing rotten tree trunks high and low with both hands and carrying on her back the yet moist heads of men. She mounts a black sheep with a skeleton for a saddle. In the east, The white lady of things, mounted on a corpse, moves by elevating herself. Here, among the terrors of the charnel house, with his back against a stupor, Padma made the wheel of the Dharma turn for the Darkenes for five years, and he received the name Todtren Sao, strength of the rosary of skulls, of the history Unabridged of the lives of the Guru of Guddhiana, this is the 34th canto, the sojourn in the great cemetery of mysterious apparitions. Samaya Gya Gya Gya. <laughs>
2: Om Ahung Vajra Guru Pima Vajrasamaya, Samaya Falahuna O Fala Hoonha Om Mahung Vajra Guru Pema Totreng Sa Vajra Samaya Jaya Mahung Pema Jasi FALA HUM NA OM AHUM VADJRA BUDU PEMATO TRENSA SAMAYA JASIDH FALA HUM NA OM AHUM VADJRA BUDU PEMATO TRENSA SAMAYA Jasi FALA HUNG OM AH HUNG VADJRA GULU PIMA SA VADJRA SAMAYA Jasi FALA HUNG OM
3: AH HUNG VADJRA GULU
0: SA
2: SAMAYA Jasi Sidi father, O Mahum whom Vajra gooda pima to drinks up Vajra Samaya. Jasi father, oh, mah, Vajra gooda pima. so my Vajra Samaya jasi divalaunga Om Ahum Vajra Guru Bhima Do Om Ahum Vajra Guru sadamaya jasi divana o maham vajra gurupimat trangsaha vajra jasi divala o mahum vajra gurupimat trangsaha Oh ma hum, ma tragude, bim, ma terre, exile. Madresse, amaya. Jas, il JASI FALA HUNGA OM MA HUM GURU PIMA JASI FALA HUNGA OM MA GURU PIMA
4: Somebody. Listening, reflecting, and meditating, carrying on to the path, knowledge of the true nature of appearances and of mind, may the Trikaya be realized. Once that the human form has been attained, may there be no time or opportunity in which to idle it away. Oh, now when the dream, Bardo, upon me is dawning. Abandoning the inordinate corpse-like sleeping of the sleep of stupidity, may the consciousness undistractedly be kept in its natural state. Grasping the true nature of dreams, may I train myself in the clear light of miraculous transformation. Acting not like the brutes in slothfulness. May the blending of the practicing of the sleep state and waking experience be highly valued by me. Oh now, when the Dhyana Bardo upon me is dormant, abandoning the whole mass of distractions and illusions, may the mind be kept in the mood of endless and distracted samadhi. May firmness, both in the visualising and in the perfected stages, be obtained. At this time, when meditating one point again, with all other actions put aside, may I not fall under the power of misleading, stupefying passions. Oh, now, when the bardo of the moment of death upon me Abandoning attraction and craving and weakness for all worldly things, may I be undistracted in the space of the bright and lightning teachings. May I be able to transfuse myself into the heavenly space of the unborn. The hour has come to part with this body composed of flesh and blood know the body to be impermanent and illusory. Oh now, when the bardo of the reality upon me is dawning, abandoning all awe, fear, and terror of all phenomena, may I recognize whatever appears as being my own thought forms. May I go then to the apparitions in the intermediate state has been said, there arrives a time when the chief turning point is reached. Fear not the bands of the peaceful and wrathful who are your own thoughtfulness. Oh now, when the bardo of taking rebirth upon me is dawning, one pointedly holding fast to a single wish. May I be able to continue the course of good deeds through repeated efforts. May the wound door be closed and the revulsion recollected. The hour has come when energy and pure love are needed. May I cast off jealousy and meditate on the guru, the father mother. O procrastinating who thinks not of the coming of death, devoting yourself to the useless doings of this life. Improvident are you in dissipating your great opportunity. Mistaken indeed will your purpose be now if you return empty-handed from this life. Since the Holy Dharma is known to be your true need, will you not devote yourself to the Holy Dharma even now? Thus say the Mahasiddhas in devotion. If the chosen teaching of the Guru be not born in mind, will you not be acting even as a traitor to yourself? It is of great importance that these root words be known.